0: The New York Islanders return home to face the Dallas Stars tonight at UBS Arena. We have a special crossover episode with Dane Lewis of Locked On Stars to preview both teams and the game tonight. All that and more coming up on a special crossover episode of the Locked On Islanders podcast. And I wrote the book Ice Wars, which covers the complete history of the Islanders' rivalry with the Rangers from 1972 to the modern era.
1: All right, welcome in, everybody, to a special Locked On NHL crossover episode. My name is Dane Lewis, host of the Locked On Stars podcast, joined now by Gil Martin, host of the Locked On Islanders podcast. And we're here to give you a preview of tonight's matchup, the Stars. And the Islanders meeting up for the second and final time this season in New York. Pretty entertaining game the first time out. The score maybe looks like things went heavily in the stars' favor, but it was really close up until the third period. And so we should be in for another entertaining matchup. Two teams that don't always see a lot of each other, but two teams I think that are in pretty good spots, all things considered, with how things have gone in their division. Gil. How are you today? How are you feeling about this Islanders team going into this game? Both teams at the halfway point in the season. So we've learned a lot about each team, but but how are you feeling about the Islanders going into this matchup?
0: Uh, Sort of mixed. I mean, I think the big problem with the Islanders has been a lack of consistency more than anything else. You know, they have had some slow starts to games. The first period has not been good to the New York Islanders and they need to improve in that area. Uh, obviously, you know, when you're a team that doesn't score a lot of goals, falling behind two nothing, one nothing, not the way you want to get started. Uh, and that's something they have to rectify. But the third period has been very good. The The other thing that has me concerned, as someone who covers the Islanders, injuries are are mounting on this team right now. They had six players who were out of the lineup. As of last week, they've gotten uh, two of them back, but then Matthew Barzal missed Friday's game in Calgary. He, just like everyone else on this team, is day-to-day, which tells us absolutely nothing, but uh, hopefully he'll be able to go t- uh, tonight when they take on the Dallas Stars.
1: Certainly. Barzal especially. You, you want to have him out there on the ice if you're in New York. He actually scored his first two goals of the season in this first matchup between these teams uh, whenever the teams met in Dallas. And, before we kind of dive into some of these players on the team, including Barzell in the season he's had, I kind of just want to get your thoughts on where the Islanders stand halfway through the season based on kind of what went on this offseason. I mean, the offseason w- was a little bit bizarre. I know for the people that follow this team, the people that care about this Islanders team, Barry Trotz, we all know, you know, was fired from the team after not making the playoffs, even though there had been some success there in recent seasons. Lane Lambert gets promoted. There's not really too many additions made to the team when you know all these other teams are going out and getting these big name free agents or making trades. The Islanders have just kind of stayed put. It seems like they obviously, you know, extend Matthew Barzell before, you know, a few weeks before guys like Jason Robertson get their extension. It was kind of a good summer to be a young, up-and-coming NHL forward to get a contract extension because we saw a ton of guys get their money. But as of right now, through 41 games, the Islanders 46 points. Tied for fifth, it looks like, in the Metro with Pittsburgh, at least points-wise. On the bubble of being in a playoff spot, are, are you pleased with what you've seen from this team? Is, it, is this what you expected from this Islanders team this season, based on what you saw in the offseason? Or, or have you been kind of surprised uh, by what's happened this year? Uh,
0: the results, the, the the actual place where they're at at the standings is roughly where I expected them. To me, the Islanders are your typical 6-10 through 10 in the conference bubble team. Uh, if things break the right way, they can make the playoffs. And while they probably wouldn't be favored over anyone they'd face in the playoffs, they are more than capable of beating anyone they face in the playoffs. They play a, a defensive first system that is kind of playoff friendly, uh, to say the least, and they play that all year long. But the inconsistency of the team, the change in coaches from Barry Trotz to Lane Lambert, He has sort of emphasized a little bit more of the defensemen taking some chances and pinching a little bit more, getting involved in the rush, and at times that has cost them defensively. So the offense is a little better statistically than I expected, the defense a little less consistent than I expected, but record-wise the team is kind of where I think they are and they still need to go out and get that goal scorer that that they're really lacking
1: on this roster. Certainly. And of course, you know, goals seem to be, you know, not necessarily hard to come by this year in the NHL. So, I mean, the best teams in the league have, you know, those multiple goal scores. It's not just one guy, uh, you know, across the league, you look at, you know, teams like Boston, they have three or four different guys that can get it done consistently. Obviously, you know, Edmonton, they have dry side McDavid, they can score seemingly at will. So it, it definitely makes sense that that's something that the Islanders could need. They have that defensive approach and they're also just in an absolute gauntlet of a division. I mean, we talked about it before we started recording, and anyone who's been following the NHL this season just knows that the Eastern Conference in general is just absolutely loaded, and the Stars know pretty well, having just gotten off a five-game road trip not too long ago through the Metro Division, where four of the five teams are teams that very well could be in the postseason. So you've got to find a way to, to get that goal scoring in a division like that if you want a chance to make the playoffs, but also make noise, like you said. Ah, uh, this team certainly has a lot of really good players, and I, I feel like the past few seasons Islanders have just been that team that they're competitive. They're, they've got really skilled players, but they always seem to have guys that go under the radar. And I think that's where Matthew Barzell has been, and I'm sure many other people think that as well. I mean, he signs that big contract extension. Do you think that that was a, a good move for both parties? Do you think it's you know good for Barzell to get that paycheck that he's you know I think the extension kicks in next season. Right. Do, do you think that he's you know a key piece for this team long term? And really, he's just missing, you know, that extra piece, or is he kind of the guy uh, for this franchise going forward?
0: You know, I think he is sort of the centerpiece right now. And I think he, it was a good move. To me, this is a win-win if they get him that goal scorer to work with. Matthew Barzal ideally would be somewhere between 18 and 24 goals a year and maybe 60, 65 assists. And then you know, he's much more of a setup guy than a goal scorer. Now, in the last five games he's played, he scored five goals. So he's doing uh, rather well lately. But overall, he is not a shoot first, put the puck in the back of the net kind of guy. But, you know, to me, I sort of compare it to like Adam Oates and Brett Hall. He's your Adam Oates. They need to go out and get that Brett Hall.
1: Yeah, I mean... I feel like now just with how many goals get scored, especially this season, McDavid, Ovechkin, Tage Thompson, Jason Robertson, Pasternak up in Boston. Like there's plenty of guys that can put the puck in the back of the net. And I feel like that is maybe negating the value of these guys like, you know, Barzell, who can pass, who can, who certainly can score, but sometimes their game relies a little bit more on the playmaking and setting their teammates up. And I think, you know, even last season, Jonathan Huberdeau in Florida, I think played that role for that team. And so certainly value, you know, for a player like that on the team. And you put a lethal goal scorer next to him. I mean, who knows uh, what that Islanders offense could do, but I want to shift from the offense to the defensive side of the ice. And it's hard to talk about the Islanders this season without talking about Ilya Sorokin, who's having a fantastic season from everything I can see in net. Uh, I know he didn't play whenever these teams first met up in Dallas. It was Varlamov, but what have you seen from Sorokin this season? And what have you liked the most uh, about his game in net for the Isles?
0: You know, Sorokin is probably the MVP of this team this season. And, you know, he wasn't the choice for the all-star game because of the limits with positions and they wanted to get Shostakhin into the all-star game. So maybe he gets voted in by the fans, but he is the MVP of this team. When they make mistakes, more often than not, he's going to bail them out. And his consistency on a game-in, game-out basis makes a huge difference to this team. And the thing about... Sorokin. He makes it look easy even when it's not. He's not going to be caught out of position very often. Plays his angles very well. So it doesn't look like he's making these dramatic saves all that often. But he knows how to be in the right position. Even if he can't see the puck, it'll hit him most of the time because he is where he's supposed to be. And that makes it look easy even when it isn't.
1: Yeah, those seem to be the best kind of goaltenders that, I mean, they make things look so easy, but you can just imagine in their head, they're, you know, trying to read the the offense and trying to read where the puck's going, trying to read through those screens. And I, I mean, the, the best goalies, whether it is, you know, Sorokin, Igor Shosturkin, Olmark up in Boston. I mean, those guys just make it look so easy, but you just know that they're putting in that work behind the scenes and also putting the work in on the ice physically and mentally to stay sharp and help keep their teams in games and give them a chance to win. And I, I got one more question for you about this Islanders team, and then we'll talk a little bit about the Stars. Uh, obviously, we know the big names on this team, or at least I know I do, and, and Stars fans as well. Again, we don't see the Stars and Islanders meet up that often. I mean, you have Barzell, you have Brock Nelson, you have Ilya Sorokin. Who, who's an underrated player, or maybe a few underrated players, you think on this team that Islanders fans might know and love, but the rest of the league might not necessarily know who they are yet, just because they're they're still maybe developing their game or still, you know, trying to, to get into the spotlight? Uh,
0: well, sort of the blue-collar unsung hero to me is Casey Sezikis. He's your fourth-line center, great four-checker. Uh, he'll kill penalties, wins a lot of important faceoffs, score the odd goal. But he, he, to me, he's sort of the heart and soul, blue-collar work ethic kind of a player that you want on your fourth line, and, and he'll do all the little things right on and off the ice. Uh, As far as an up-and-coming player, Atu Ratu is probably the highest-ranked prospect in the Islanders uh, organization right now. And, you know, he's up because of all these injuries. He scored two goals, even though he's only had limited ice time. Uh, He's probably not going to make the team full-time until next year. But while he's here, he's adding a little offensive punch and certainly playing better than expected during the last six games or so since he's been called up.
1: Yeah, well, it certainly seems like those are guys to, to keep an eye on, at least for you know the Stars in this game or even long-term if they want to win maybe some hockey trivia or just have a little bit more knowledge about some of these Eastern Conference teams. Certainly should be a good matchup. And uh, obviously, I'm sure we'll talk a little bit more about both teams throughout the entirety of the rest of today's crossover. But we'll talk about the Dallas Stars in just a second. But first, we want to let you know that today's episode is brought to you by our friends at BetOnline.net. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. You can get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there from pro football, basketball, and NHL. They've got it all at BetOnline.net. Both the Stars and Islanders have some players in contention for some NHL awards. Jason Robertson, third best on the odds for the Hart Trophy behind Connor McDavid and David Pasternak. Ilya Sorokin, second for for best odds to win the Vesna Trophy, only behind Linus Olmark up in Boston. So you want to put some money down on some NHL awards, you can do so at betonline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, which if you're listening to this one, you probably do, you can find those at BetOnline as well. They're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting info. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline.net is where the game starts. All right, moving on on this crossover episode between Locked on Stars and Locked on Islanders. We've covered this Isles team a little bit, and now Gil will flip the script, and I'm here to, to answer any Dallas Stars questions or you know anything you might want to know about this team or anything your listeners might want to know uh, about this Stars team going into this matchup.
0: Yeah, lots of uh, things to ask. Uh, Obviously, you know, offensively, Jason Robertson has been the big story for the Stars this season. But give me an idea of some of the secondary scorers on this team who may not get a lot of headlines nationally or here in the in the New York area, uh, who have been big contributors to the fact that the Stars right now are third in the league in goal scored.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's certainly a lot of avenues you can go to answer that question because offense has been, like you said, third third in the league and gold scored. Offense hasn't necessarily been what the Stars have been known for over the past few seasons. I think similar to the Islanders, they like to play that defensive style, especially under guys like Rick Bonus and Jim Montgomery. That was kind of their identity. And then if they got goals, it, it was nice, but it wasn't always a guarantee. Whereas this season, it, it seems like they're scoring three or four goals just about every night. Uh, you obviously aren't going to get that every single night. But yeah, Jason Robertson, huge in that regard. But also right next to him is, is Rope Hints, who is having a phenomenal season. At the time of recording this, I'm not entirely sure if he's going to play in Tuesday night's game. It's, it's 4.05 on Monday afternoon. And Rope Hints actually left the Stars last game on Sunday against the Florida Panthers with what the media was told was an upper body injury. And again, I checked before we recorded. Haven't seen any update there. If if there is something before this episode comes out, I'm sure I'll insert something here on my own. But Ropey Hints has has been spectacular this season. He can score goals. He can also set up his teammates. I mean, he plays with Jason Robertson and Joe Pavelski, who's been good in his own right. That that top line for the Stars has really been the moneymaker all season. But it, it's those two. It's Jamie Benn, who's, I believe, fourth on the team in points. He's having a phenomenal bounce-back season. Uh, and I mean, it's really those four kind of heading the way. And then, of course, you have Tyler Sagan, Mason Marchment, Wyatt Johnston, a 19 year old rookie who's come in and just kind of taken the league by surprise. I think, you know, you talk about stars prospects right now and Logan Stankoven, obviously a hot topic of discussion coming off a gold medal in the world juniors. But Wyatt Johnston's been with the NHL club in Dallas all season, and he's been fantastic. He's, I believe, somewhere in the top three in goals scored for rookies and picking up assists every now and then as well. So that, that's been the, kind of the difference maker for the Stars this season as opposed to previous seasons in that they're getting goal scoring from multiple places, not just one or two players and not necessarily just one line. They're, they're getting it all over the place. And so I think that that's helped put Dallas where they are at this point in the year.
0: What do you think the biggest advantage this team has had with the changing coaches during this past offseason?
1: Yeah, that, that's a great question, and I, we were again we're talking about this before we were recording that Rick Bonus. A lot of people wanted him out of Dallas, at least fans, because you know people said, "Oh, he can't coach," or his coaching style doesn't work in today's NHL. And then obviously that that's been proven wrong up to this point because he's doing just fine with the Winnipeg Jets. And I think there was a little bit of skepticism around Pete DeBoer coming into Dallas because things didn't necessarily end perfect for him in Vegas and. You know, he kind of has this history of going to a new team. They do really well the first few seasons and then things kind of start to deteriorate. And hopefully that's not the trend here in Dallas. I think people have really grown to like Pete DeBoer just as a person, as a coach. And I think what the team has done really well in terms of, you know, playing at a high level and and scoring goals, but also keeping that defensive identity is they, I think, have just been willing to adjust and, and willing to buy into what Pete DeBoer has for them. I think obviously you look at the stars leadership group and the veterans on that team, Joe Pavelski right there in the mix, the a former captain of the San Jose sharks while Pete DeBoer was in San Jose. So the, I think there's just a good amount of trust between the players and Pete DeBoer. It's not just a, Hey, I'm the coach and I'm, you know, above you. I'm your you know superior. You have to do what I say. You have to play my system. I think there's a, a want to from the players end of, Hey, obviously our, our leaders on this team, trust this guy, He's laid out the plan. He I think he's brought in some good assistant coaches as well cuz the star special teams, power play and penalty killer both top 5 or at least near the top 5 so far this season and I think the players have bought in uh, and they've really, you know, believed what Pete DeBoer has laid out for them both on the ice and, and I think off the ice as well cuz the team chemistry uh, seems to be in, in a pretty good spot and I think this team enjoys playing with one another and going to to battle with one another night in and night out. And I know that's not the case for every NHL team, but you look at, you know, the league every season and the teams that either win the Stanley Cup or make deep playoff runs are the teams that have, you know, some of the best chemistry in their locker rooms. So that that's where the stars are at right now. And I think DeBoer deserves a ton of credit for, for where this team's at this season.
0: You know, one player who I think doesn't get enough attention nationally, who as a, you know, if I'm previewing this game from an Islanders perspective, I think is important to mention Miro Heisken and really, he, he really does help on that power play too. In addition to what he does at five on five.
1: Certainly. And there was a lot of questions about Miro going into this season. Cause he had always, since he's been here, kind of been the number two behind John Klingberg. You, you know, you talk about Dallas stars defenseman and it's Sergei Zuboff who has his number retired. He's in the hall of fame. And you know, he owns pretty much every, you know, statistical record for a stars defenseman. And then right behind him was John Klingberg, who, established himself as a really good player but now he's in Anaheim so the question was can Miro Haskinen be the guy can he be the number one defenseman can he quarterback the power play can he score points can he get a few goals and so far I think he's delivered on all those expectations and if anything I think he's gone above and beyond some of the expectations he's effective on the power play he's as good as ever on the defensive end he's he skates well I mean I think he can skate with just about anybody in the league he's lethal with the stick in terms of checking and you know, disrupting plays. I mean, there's really not a lot that he can't do on the ice. I still think that there's some hesitancy from him every now and then to shoot the puck. But, you know, when he does do it, either the puck goes in or, you know, he sets up a teammate for a rebound or a deflection. And so, I mean, he's been everything that the Stars could have wanted this season, having to step into kind of that number one defenseman role. And he has some good pieces around him as well. Uh, Niels Lundquist, former New York Ranger, Esselindell, who's been a veteran for a while, good, good defensive core in Dallas, but it, <laughs> the success of that group begins and ends with Miro Haskinen
0: talk to me a little bit about the goaltending because <clears throat> it's been very very strong for the stars this year
1: yeah no doubt and you know we you talk about Elias Hirokin, I feel like what he's done for the Islanders Jake Gottinger ha- has done that for the Dallas stars and uh, there was again a lot of questions going into this season of can these young guys for the stars lead the way Miro Haskinen Jason Robertson and Jake Gottinger. we all saw what he did in that first round playoff series against the Flames and he, he's come in and you know ex- I think exceeded expectations I was just talking about it on Monday's episode that goaltending numbers are a little bit down this season and Jake Gottinger is above a league average in a lot of areas and save percentage and goals against average playing really really well and very rarely does he ever stream together really bad games I mean because every NHL goalie is going to have bad nights. They're going to have bad games, but Jake Ottinger seems to consistently find a way to play at a high level. And if he does have a bad night, he he's able to bounce back and you know find ways to correct his game. And Scott Wedgewood ha- has been an excellent yeah. backup as well. He He's had to come in for a few stretches where Jake Ottinger has been injured or needed some time off. And, and he's played very, very well for a backup and helped the stars win some games that you know with a, a a goalie that maybe isn't as experienced or seasoned as Wedgwood maybe the stars don't don't get some wins but it, it's a good duo and i think one of the better duos in the nhl at this point in the year
0: yeah they are they are looking very fine and and you know you look up and down this lineup there statistically don't seem to be very many weaknesses
1: yeah and that's really the thing is there's really not too many weak spots uh, if you ask Dallas Stars fans, there's a, and, and I think it's true. I think there is some truth to it. The defense can be a little bit leaky at times. There's been stretches where, you know, they don't play super tight in around the crease. And so those loose pucks, you know, bounce off a, a goalie pad or the goalie isn't quite able to glove a puck. And, you know, a defenseman is out of position or, you know, may, maybe just not playing exactly where they should be. And so I think that's maybe the biggest mistake and it or mistakes that the stars make and, You know, the trade deadline is slowly but surely approaching and the stars obviously don't have a ton of cap space. But really, the only thing I think you could want from a star's perspective is maybe you want to try to add some form of another top six winger. Because I I think, you know, the leaky defense on occasion and the stars having a complete top six is maybe the only holes in this team. Because there is that top line, Robertson, Hintz, Pavelski, and, and then the rest of the team, while they can find ways to score, you know, kind of sporadically. There, there's been a search to find a perfect second line where Tyler Sagan can play center. At first it was Mason Marchment playing there. It's been tied to Landria. It's been, you know, Yoel Kiviranta, Dennis Gurionov. There's just kind of been a carousel of players getting around Tyler Sagan. And I think that's what the team and the coaching staff wants is they want to find three guys that they are two guys really, that they can put on alongside Sagan and have an official second line that they don't have to move. Or just Because I I really think that that's something they've been desiring. So if the Stars are going to make some move at the deadline, I don't expect it to be a huge blockbuster deal like a Patrick Kane or or anything like that. But I think that there could be some sort of movement to get, you know, a top six winger that can go alongside Tyler Sagan and and produce uh, and get this team into an offensive rhythm outside of that top line before they head into the postseason.
0: Makes sense. And uh, yeah, I wouldn't expect a major move either based on how well this team is doing top to bottom.
1: Yeah. I, and I think that's, you know, a good thing. I think there's the aspect of you can make a trade and get a good piece. I know, you know, Patrick Kane's probably going to be out there. I know Bo Horvat's been in some conversations as well. But I think, again, I'll go back to the stars' chemistry. I think it's in a good place. And I think you can add new players and still have good team chemistry. But you also don't want to bring in a guy that thinks he needs to be the number one option. You, if you want to make a deal, you want to, You know, get a guy that can play well on the ice, but also can find his role in the locker room and and bond well with the team and connect well with them. So I'm sure that'll be something that the front office and the coaching staff uh, will go looking for if they want to make a move at the deadline. All
0: right. We'll see how that ends up playing out, but uh, we're going to go ahead and, and do our predictions in the next segment as to what we expect from tonight's game. But first, This episode of Locked On Stars and Locked On Islanders is brought to you by Athletic Greens. Uh, Our next partner has a product I literally use every day. I started taking AG1 because I'm not a great pill taker and I wanted to find something that would meet my nutritional needs without having to take five, six, seven pills a day. So what is this stuff? Well, with one delicious scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and adoptogens to help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and aging, all these things. And it's lifestyle-friendly, whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, or gluten-free. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it.
1: All right, we're going to close out today's crossover episode, Locked on Stars, Locked on Islanders, the final meeting between these two teams in the regular season. And it should be an entertaining game. I, for one, am excited about the potential goalie matchup. I know ahead of this recording on Monday afternoon or late afternoon, early evening, we might not know what the lineups might look like, but I think a Jake Ottinger versus Ilya Sorokin goalie matchup could be really entertaining. Gil, is that something you'd want to see as well?
0: Oh, absolutely. I I think, you know, you got two of the better goalies in the NHL two you know, deserving all stars. And uh, we have to see how this plays out. But it wouldn't surprise me to see a low scoring game tonight.
1: Yeah, I'm right with you there. The stars have found a way to play a good game on the road this season, which you couldn't really say about them last year. They struggled away from home. But this year, it's almost like the roles have been reversed where the stars go on the road and something, you know, spark, some spark is lit under the team and they they seem to play at a really high level, especially against other competitive teams. I I mentioned that five game road trip through the Metro division for a lot of teams. That's a daunting task and maybe, you know, could take away some of the momentum for a team in the season, but the stars found a way to be competitive and I I expect it to be the same here, but I I do agree. I think it could be low scoring because of, you know, the goalies and, and also just the stars, you know, it's been a weird stretch of the season for them where they've had two on the road and then one at home, and now they're back on the road again. And, you know, they got the Islanders on Tuesday, and then they'll have the Rangers on Thursday. So they're going to be in New York for a while, and I I think they'll, you know, find a way to to get comfortable there and, you you know, be able to play their game, but also, you know, welcome the challenge of playing against Ilya Sorokin, I imagine, and I'm sure the Islanders is excited to go up against a guy like Jake Ottinger, who has been very, very good this season, especially on the road. Uh, You know, he shut down, you know, teams like the – the Capitals and, you know, some other really good teams on the road as well in the Metro division. Who, who do you think is is the key piece for the Islanders in this game? Or who do you want to see have a good game, whether it's Barzell, Brock Nelson? I know we talked about some underrated players. Who's a guy who's playing well right now that you think could be a huge factor in this game for the Isles?
0: Uh, you know, the important thing to me, you mentioned Brock Nelson. He's been in a sort of mini slump lately. He needs to break out of it because with everybody injured, they really need his offensive production. So I'm gonna go with Brock Nelson as being someone who needs to take his game up a notch for the Islanders to do well tonight. How about yeah. you with the stars?
1: Yeah, I think um in the same kind of kind of the same boat, a guy who his numbers maybe haven't been as great as of late, or at least a little sporadic. I'll I'll go with Tyler Sagan, who I talked about a little bit last segment, trying to find guys to play with on a second line and uh, the lineup might look a little bit different in this game. Again, we don't really know the status of rope a hints. And if he doesn't play, I think we very well could see Tyler Sagan slide into that center position on the top line with Jason Robertson and Joe Pavelski. And I think he could get a few points if that is the case. Of course, I know stars fans and, and myself, we want to see rope a out there, but if he's not fully healthy, if he's not fully ready to go, I think the best case scenario long-term is to give him the rest that he needs and allow him the time to recover. But if he's good to go, let him play. If not, I think Tyler Sagan has a unique opportunity ahead of him to, I I think, build some momentum. I think even if he plays well, he probably doesn't stay on that top line. But if he can get a goal or two or pick up, you know, a few assists in this game or get two or three points, I think that can do a lot for his confidence and really get him going here in the back half of the season. The Stars really need him to be good, not just in this game, but I mean, throughout the entirety of the rest of this season and if the Stars make it there, the postseason. I mean, he gets a lot of, criticism thrown his way for his contract and at times this season he's played really well and sometimes he hasn't quite lived up to the expectations so anytime Tyler Sagan can have a good game I think Stars fans are pretty pleased and so we'd love to see him have a, a big game in New York tonight
0: well it should be interesting to see
1: yeah no doubt I, I'm excited and I know you know it's big implications for both teams the Stars looking to distance themselves from you know the the rest of the pack in the Central Division and the Islanders looking to to climb the ladder a little bit in the Metro division. And, you know, we talked about the game and I'll just ask you one more question about this team, just because I'm curious from your perspective, someone who's followed this team, if the Islanders do make the postseason, wh- what is, what do you think the main reason is, or what do you think the cause will be? I mean, just looking at this team halfway through the season,
0: the the biggest cause would be Ilya Sorokin and the goaltending Varlamov has been a very good backup as well. And then they just need to get just enough scoring to, to be competitive that's a little more iffy for this team, but to me, Sorokin would be the answer. How about you with the stars?
1: Yeah, I think that they have a, a great chance to make the postseason, obviously, in first in the central right now, but you, obvi- you, you obviously can never tell how things are going to go. Still a lot of hockey left to be played, but I, I think it's going to come down to can they get that top six winger at the deadline? Can they still continue to find a way to get that consistent scoring that's made them a top three offense in the league? That, that's really what it's going to come down to is the longevity of this team, and can they stay health- healthy? We've talked about Rope Hintz's health, but outside of that and a few other stints here and there with a few players, the Stars have done a great job of staying healthy, and I'm, I'm knocking on wood right now as I say this. If they're able to do that, I think they'll they'll be a deadly team in the postseason, because you look at a squad like Colorado. Colorado, I mean, they lost a few pieces in the offseason to free agency and things of that nature. Still a great team, but they've just been ravaged by injuries this season, and you know, they're, they're still competitive, still finding a way, but the Stars, I think, have, you know, had some good fortune and they, they've been able to stay healthy for the most part. So they stay healthy. They keep that offense going and give their goalie some support. And I think they're going to be just fine. But excited for this game and excited for what the second half of the season has in store. Gil, where can if any Stars fans are looking to get any more insight on the Islanders leading up to this game, where can they find you on social media and all that good stuff?
0: Uh, okay, you can find the podcast at Locked On Isles, and you can find me on Twitter at Ice Wars NYI And podcast is obviously available wherever you get podcasts, and here on YouTube. How about you, Dane? For Islander fans who might be looking to get more info on the stars,
1: yeah, kind of, kind of the same thing. If you want to find the Locked On Stars podcast, you can find it on any podcasting platform on YouTube and then on social media, just search Locked on Stars. And for me personally, you just search Dane at double underscore Lewis. And, you know, I, I'm always tweeting about the stars and trying to focus on them right now because the hockey season is, is now kind of fully upon us with football winding down, the playoffs around the corner. So it, it's about to be an exciting time of year with trade deadline, playoffs around the corner. So it's it's a good time to, to be getting into hockey and trying to get as much information on all the teams that you can.
0: Absolutely. I, I love this time of year.
1: Yeah, no doubt. Well, thanks for doing the skill. And, you know, who knows, maybe we'll be we'll be talking a little bit later down the line about a a trade. I mean, you just never know. It it could be interesting to see what unfolds with both these teams as time goes on this season. Dane, always a pleasure. Thanks for doing this.
0: All right, that's going to do it for this episode of the Locked On Islanders podcast. want to thank Dane Lewis for joining us and doing this special crossover episode. And thank you for making Locked On Islanders your first listen today. For your second listen, check out Locked On NHL Prospects, your daily podcast covering the next generation of hockey superstars leading up to the NHL draft. Locked On NHL Prospects, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Have a great day, everybody. Stay safe. And of course, let's go Islanders.